0: it's twofold. Even the people who know what they want, they don't have a, a clear enough um, view of that. And it's funny cause I talked to a lot of people and they're like, Oh, I have goals for the next year, but like, I don't, I don't think 10 years ahead. And I'm like, I want to challenge you on that because if you don't have a clear vision of where you're going, you're never going to get there.
1: Welcome to modern happiness where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high performing guests choose happiness covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik
0: and Taylor Sleaford. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness. Matt, how are we doing? Uh, I'm
1: so good, Taylor, because it's the best day of the year. Mm. How do you feel about today? (sighs) Incredible. Incredible. I paused
0: because I was trying to think of a word that would accurately describe how I feel.
1: Tremendous? (sighs) Tremendous. That's a good one. Tremendous is a good one. Um, Yeah, dude. uh, I wanted to kick this off and talk about uh, something that happened to us two nights ago? Two nights ago? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Having tough conversations. That's where we're going with this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Taylor and I uh, had to have a little tough conversation. We are trying to... You know, as we grow this podcast, I ended up making a Calendly (laughs) scheduler to see if we could, you know, we got me, Taylor, we got Maddie, and then we have guests and we have four people scheduled to coordinate, um, you know, getting these podcasts going, especially with guests. And I think it's easier with the three of us, but, um, I was like, I think it'd be a great way to make everyone's life easier if we sent our guests a schedule, like, Hey, here are times Sunday, Wednesday, whatever that looks like. And, uh, Taylor has a different stance on the schedule, and uh, and he didn't agree with it. And so t- Taylor called me the other night, and uh, I think we were just calling, you know, calling to catch up and have some light, fun conversation like we normally do. And then we ended up talking for forty five minutes about this Lee schedule. It might have been our first fight. I think it was our, our first in our
2: relationship. Our
1: first fight, and it was so calm. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you uh, agree? It was calm. I mean, there was no
0: yelling. There was no yelling, but it was definitely. At the same time, heated, maybe Is it, right? It was, it was... heated.
1: I, I wanted to hang up and be like, I was trying to move on a few times, but yeah, but and, we had to bring it back. And I we, didn't
0: want to just leave it. Yeah, because we didn't really
1: accomplish anything. But but essentially, we don't have to go into exactly you know our opinions on the thing. But uh, you just told me you're like I, I am not feeling heard at all in this conversation, and he really Taylor really felt like I was pushing this this cowardly. Uh, which is the app, you know, I was using to, to make our schedule. Um, he felt like I was really pushing this on him and it's like my way or the highway. And he really didn't felt heard. So he told me he didn't and I didn't really realize that. And I apologized and I just kind of opened the floor for him to, you know, state his stance and opinion on the whole thing.
0: It's a very interesting thing in re- reflection. Uh, we did a podcast on communication um, we also did a poll. I did a poll on at least my Instagram, social media, asking people to, to rate how they would, um, on a, on a scale of one to 10, how good they are at communicating. And if I rated myself, I would have said, I'm like eight out of 10, 18 out of 20. Yeah. 80 out of two out of a hundred. You going to change that now? Um, no, I'm not going to change that. However, it was a good rem- I would say in most scenarios Yeah. and in honest, deep reflection, that was maybe a three. Yeah. Um, and that's, I, I think we both would agree we could have handled it better. And it's just a good reminder that everything that we talked about, um, we can continue to improve on. And I think it does go to show a big thing we talked about in that podcast is, uh, people that you're close to. And you had mentioned, we sent some messages back the next day and you were like, I don't know if I've had like that hard of a conversation with someone like I'm that close to yeah. and I felt the same way and I, I think that's part of it is uh, you know at the end of the day emotions got the best of us and actually if it was a client if it was a coworker, like I've gotten to a place in my life where those are really not hard conversations anymore mm. um, however that ended up being one and I learned a lot there were a lot of things I would have handled better and um, it was a great learning lesson yes if you will.
1: yes completely agree uh, I, I think acknowledging that like oh wow, I wasn't listening. I wasn't asking you the right questions and and wasn't being clear on how I intended. And I think we got there after like 45 minutes. I was like, well, this is, you know, we're going to sit down and and we're going to figure out our schedules and then we'll send it out to the guests. And I guess I never said that to you. And you're like, oh, well, that makes a lot more sense. And, you know, again, not to, not to go through the whole conversation, but it's like, yeah, a totally great learning lesson where I could have been more clear from the start. And also I could have asked you more questions to make you feel like you were being heard. It's actually interesting, which I'm sure
0: we'll do another communication episode one of these days. And <clears throat> I think we talked about, and I know I had a client who I believe I mentioned on that. If not, I know I've talked to you mad about it before, but um, when it is someone you know so well, it almost makes it harder. And I think we both came into that with assumptions because I know so much about you. I know how you currently use Calendly. So I made assumptions about how then you thought we would use it. And then, um, You know, I think you had assumptions on, you know, just how I schedule things and whatever. And that it was almost in a way uh, we created stories because we know each other too well that we like. Um, So, yeah, open communication. Uh, However, uh, I would say it's very cool that we were at a place to have that uh, difficult conversation. And like I did not enjoy it at all. And uh, yet here we are on the other side of it. And I think that's at the end of the day that's what matters most is like being able to have that with people. And just honestly saying, like, I think we both were able to say things, honestly, how we felt that, you know, maybe it was not going to be easy for the other person to hear, but we, we knew that it wasn't going to be like turned into this, you know, yelling match. And
1: yeah, yeah, totally. At the end, we hung up, we got to a good resolution, but it was still like hung up and be like, Oh man, I like I hate that. That happened. It was like kind of our first fight. And it felt like, like, it was like eight thirty nine at night, and I was like, "Oh, now I go to bed." Like, dude, that's how I feel. Like, I can't see you. You know, it's like going to bed with like your wife or something, where it's like we don't go to bed angry and we solve this, and then you can like cuddle after and feel better. It's like there was no cuddling for us, and I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like, should, I, I know that we went well. Should we pause for and, a moment and cuddle? We have- dude, at least hold my hand, take my hand. Oh man, it's beautiful. Oh, wow, you're so warm. Wow.
0: you got some rough calluses. Dude, cross you do. I crossfit, baby. You work I fucking oh, okay. crossfit.
1: Yeah. I'm a balling ass motherfucker, um, with big nipples. <laughs>
0: cool, 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 cool. Uh, all
1: right. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Um, you know, that conversation was so much better than you know anything most conversations I have in the past. And and just having that conversation, and then ending on like, cool, what's our resolution? Um, and like, how do we end the call, Taylor? We said like, I love you, and that's how we ended it. And we you know we appreciate each other. And then. Got a, I was thinking about it all morning, got a text from you, like, hey, man, I, I appreciate you, so grateful for you, I love you, all that, and I sent a voice message back, basically echoing that, and yeah, just moving forward, and uh, I, yeah, I, and it's great, like, you know, doesn't have to, not have to, like, hold, it's okay to be wrong, I think, mm. and I think that's, like, one of the big things, is, like, admitting, be like, oh, wow, I didn't handle this conversation well.
0: And I think it's – if you think about a precursor, we've both kind of been busy. I know you've been super busy the past few weeks, taking on some new jobs. You uh, did uh, photography for a four-day hockey event. You had family in town. So I think a lot of this pre-conversation happened over text, which is just like Mm -hmm. if I am to look back, how did this happen? It was like we started having conversations about scheduling and whatever, and it's like this probably would have all been resolved if the first time we had it could have been in person. But just another great example to show like – you know, be careful what you say over text or like having conversations. Like, Yeah,
1: totally. Uh, so good. We'll put a bow on that and let's move forward. Guys, today's episode is going to be all about how Taylor Sleaford makes a living over here. Ooh. And guess what? Be totally open and honest with you. Yeah, we are going to promo. Taylor's got a course coming up and I'm gonna, we're going to dive deep into kind of what that looks like and how Taylor changes people's lives because here's what we both believe is that first, honesty, we want to tell you right now that, yeah, we're going to talk about Taylor's course and we want you to sign up. It would be so selfish of us that Taylor can help you live a happy life. He's so fucking good at it. He's done it for me. He's done it for so many people and it would be selfish of us not to have an episode like this. So I just wanted that to be open in the air that, yeah, this is kind of a promo, but I think not only are you going to learn some stuff, but realize like it's possible if you feel like you're in a rut or you resonate with any of this stuff that uh, this is your man to come see. So, Taylor, um, I want to kind of open this conversation with um, with a quote, a quote from you. OK, now I interviewed you and, and I want to ask about your purpose. And this is kind of where this is going to lead um, your purpose in life. And I know we had an episode on that, but just so people can understand and preframe this entire podcast. I interviewed one time, I was making a video. I was gonna make this video series on who is blanket. Was or is who who is Taylor Sleaford? Right? That was gonna be the video that I was making and, and I know the, I'm
0: trying to get you to say you're still gonna make the video. Sorry. Yeah, I was
1: I, well, I was gonna say, I know you're I know you're waiting for me to make that video, and it might happen one day. I don't know. I got a great intro. Uh I don't know how you guys won't be able to see that. Sorry, but maybe I'll throw it I'll on YouTube. I'll
0: probably post on Instagram and create a poll. How how many people we gotta Okay, Vote perfect. on it. All right,
1: perfect. So you'll hear this after maybe, or you want to post that video after we I the podcast? I can post it after. Yeah, so watch out for it. <laughs> if I get 100 people to say yes, so you make the video? <laughs> yeah. If 100 people say yes, I want to see the rest of the video, I'll make the video. I'll finish it. How about that? All right, people, help me out. 100 yeses. And you can't do yes, yes, and red. I want a yes or no. Okay, deal. All right, perfect. So anyway, in this, in this interview, um, it was just kind of interviewing about Taylor's life and his story. And then I asked him, I said, know, we're kind of going down this, a bunch of questions. And I said, so what is happiness to you? And here's what you said. You said, ultimately I would rather, I would say rather than what is happiness, the question is how do we find happiness? You have to realize that it's up to you. It's up to me to decide if I want to be happy and to make choices that will lead to that and realize those choices may be hard and those choices may be difficult. And those are the things that allow you to live the life you want. And then I asked you, so you believe happiness is a choice? And here we are with a podcast called Taylor is Clutching the Couch. He's so excited right now. <laughs> here we are. And here we are. And that was the first wow. time you said it, I think. And that was the first time I kind of heard it. And I, I, I mean, when you said it, I'm like, you said, yes, happiness is a choice. And I believed you. And I'm with you on that. And we, we will go to the grave believing that. So I, I preface all that with I want to ask you. What's your purpose in life? Happiness is a choice. You've come to this point in your life where, um, you know, you're in this pursuit of daily happiness, right? So what is your purpose here on earth?
0: Yeah, I can vividly remember that moment. And this was during COVID quarantine. You're, were, we were in my garage. You were filming and you asked that question. Do you believe happiness is a choice? And I paused because I had this like aha moment. And, I, I was like, yeah, Happiness is a choice. And immediately I reflected. <clears throat> it was like the past eight years, six years of my life, just flashback all in one, mm-hmm. like 10 second clip. And and that that happened. And then I, w- I answered the question. Um, and ultimately it's because of everything that I've been through. And it took me, you know, 28 years, 29 years to really feel like I knew what I was supposed to do with my life. And that is what I'm currently doing. And I believe that everybody has a story and Donald Miller, one of my favorite authors, he's um, written a lot of books. He's now gotten more into like marketing branding. Um, he defines a story. Uh, he says, a story is simply this, a character who wants something and overcomes conflict to get it. So really, I believe everybody wants something in life and what are you willing to overcome to get it? And more importantly, I believe everybody has a unique story that they're supposed to live. We all have um, natural wants and desires and innate gifts within us. And I want to help people live that story, whatever it is. And um, I want to help people realize that if they believe in themselves, they can accomplish whatever it is. Um, And ultimately that looks like in the day-to-day helping people become the best version of themselves. So if I can help them do that, if I can help them show up happier, healthier, um, have better conversations, confident, uh, more resilient to stress, they're going to show up and people are going to want to be around them. It's going to be attractive and they're going to be um, more successful at whatever they accomplish. And then, you know, that's essentially what is the biggest gift you can give the world? It's to be unapologetically yourself. And in a nutshell, uh, I'm empowering people
1: and I'm guiding them to get there. That's awesome. Because um, I'm with you. I think ultimately being unapologetically yourself, I... I I do this and it's been a hard journey for me to get there or hard, long, whatever. It doesn't happen overnight. But now that I'm... Hard and long? Hard and long and yeah, on that same vein. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But by being unapologetic myself, I'm just so happier. Life is so much better. It makes everything else easier. Showing up on Instagram. How do you show up on Instagram all the time? It's like, because I just be myself. If you don't like it, I don't care. So I think, you know, I have a bunch of notes for this and I, I knew when I made these notes, I was like, I'm going to throw these out the window and I'm just going to, you know, go with the flow, which is how we have our best conversations anyway. So let me ask you, you know, you, you want to, you want to help people be unapologetically themselves, live, live a happier life. Where are you finding most people that you work with? Is there a common ground where most people are struggling? Like, I guess where, where are they at? Where are you meeting them?
0: Oh man, that's so different for every client. Um, I think there's, there's two tracks of a lot of people that I work with where um, some people have no idea what they actually want. They have no clear vision. You know, I say the word goal setting and they're like, Oh yeah, I have goals, but it's much deeper than that. And I help them to get clear on what they actually want, like the vision for the future. Um, And then there's people who, who they have an idea, they know what they want and they have no idea to get how to get there or they, um, they ask who am I right? the imposter syndrome. Um, so really the first step, it's twofold. Even the people who know what they want, they don't have a, a clear enough um, view of that. And it's funny because I talked to a lot of people and they're like, oh, I have goals for the next year, but like, I don't, I don't think 10 years ahead. And I'm like, I want to challenge you on that because if you don't have a clear vision of where you're going, you're never going to get there. And the big thing I help people do is get very specific and very accurate. Now, sometimes there's things like, you know, if you want to be, in a real, if you want to be married and kids, like that's a little out of your control, right? You can't say, you know, in five years, I meet, I meet my wife and, you know, all these things. Um, however, if you do want to be married, you know, we can, we can write that down as a goal. Uh, because the difference between a dream and a goal is goals are written down. And then we can work backwards, right? So if we if we look, if that's five years from now, you're going to be in a committed relationship and we work backwards to today, it's like, okay, well, if you just stay as a hermit in your house, you're never going to meet someone, right? So the simple steps could be like, first of all, just telling all your friends, hey, I'm looking to date again, if you know anyone. It could be online dating. If that's not your thing, it's just like saying yes to more opportunities, whether that's parties or you know, getting invites to go hiking or like just putting yourself out there. So that's where like setting that clear vision, getting very specific and accurate. Then we work backwards and essentially the how takes care of itself. Um, but getting back to your question, I, th- I think the biggest thing is like helping people believe that whatever they want is actually possible and that they can do it.
1: Yeah. I, I love that. I, um, the how people get stuck in the how, and you say that a lot. So what's, what's the progression of, help people understand like you said this to me so many times i'm like taylor like you know for your gym like oh do a goal setting workshop for them and you're like yeah when i say goal setting people are like i have goals whatever can you tell me a bit about how you help people really define their goals you said specific and accurate you know what does that look like and why is it so important
0: yeah so my goal setting process you know if you have a goal we say i want blank because of blank So this is the example I always use, and I know you're going to love this, Matt, but if you want to run a marathon, I want to run a marathon because, and that's the other thing. Most people, they can write the goal down, but when we get to the because, they're stuck. And I would say the why is just as maybe more important than the actual goal, right? And sometimes people can't come up with the because because they don't actually want the goal, right? They might say, you know, if it's like a personal trainer, they might say, oh, I want to open a gym because you know, I want to have a, a, tr- a great training facility and blah, blah, blah. And then as I dive deeper and do my thing, it's like, they don't actually want to own a gym. They just feel like that's the next progression. That's what they're supposed to do. Right. And uh, I had a client once who she's actually this example. She said, I want to run a marathon because I want to, you know, lose weight, be in shape. And I'm like, okay. And so we kind of move on. I'm like, you know, that's clear. And, and she was like, I also just want to push myself and, then I have a questionnaire for fitness clients about like, what kind of training do you like? Is there anything you don't want to see blah, blah. blah. And she wrote down, I hate running. I'm like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. Uh, You want to run a marathon, but you hate running. She's like, yeah, it's terrible. So then I start asking more questions, better questions. And I find out that all of her friends, mind you, she's about 40 years old, a mom and her kids are older now. She's got more time for herself. And all of her close friends who are fit are marathon runners. So she thinks if I want to be fit, and in shape and healthy, I have to be a marathon runner. So then I ask, well, what if I told you we could hit all of your goals and not do any running? She's like, oh my God, that's real? Like that could happen? And I'm like, yes, that could happen. So, you know, that's one example of that. Um, But when it, so that's where we start with the goal setting process. I want blank because of blank, then I will do a really good job of just asking questions, getting more specific because people are pretty general. They're pretty broad, you know, and I really dive deeper as to like, why do you want these things? Um, but really when it comes to goal setting, it's actually about identity shaping. So most people think of goals as things that they do, but the real question you need to ask is, who, I, who do I need to become? Who do I need to become in order for this goal to happen? So if we think about running a marathon, right? So if someone says they want a marathon, I'm like, cool, what marathon? How fast do you want to run it? You know, these are the questions I start asking. And this one, this person, the example uses, uh, maybe a seasoned runner. They ran in college and they're like, I want to run the Boston marathon. Well, if you don't know anything about Boston, you actually have to qualify. The times are absurd. There's different times for different age groups. Um, so now all of a sudden when we say Boston marathon, it's not just like, oh, I want to finish a marathon, which is maybe eight hours. It's like, oh, I got to run a marathon probably under three hours. And that dramatically changes the conversation. And then, um, so we, we set the goal, we have a clear because, and then we create mantras. So a mantra, or some people might call it an affirmation, there's different ways you can use this. The way that I use it is uh, it helps you adopt the identity of who you need to become. So it's an I am statement supporting you in that goal. So um, a common example, so you could ask, who do I need to become? Or if you think about the person who's a Boston Marathon runner, what characteristics do they have? And that's how we could create mantras. And a lot of times, these are things that you currently are not. And it's about who you need to become, right? So one might be, I am a runner. That would be a common one. However, um, because running is not just something you do, it's who you are. And if you want to run Boston, you're not just any runner, you're an elite runner. So then we're going to get more accurate. I am an elite runner. And then you're going to say that mantra to yourself every single day. And at first it may not feel real. You may say, oh, wow, I don't feel like an elite runner. But I'm going to tell you to keep saying it over and over again. Um, because this, this which we didn't really touch on, but the way that I teach mindset is the big the biggest impact on what you think is what you say. So if you say it enough, I'm an elite runner, then you start to believe it. And then once you believe it, you become it. And so when you wake up and your alarm goes off at 4 a.m., and you're like, oh, I want to snooze, you say, I'm an elite runner. And then all of a sudden you're, you're like, no, I'm getting up, I'm going to train. When you're out to eat with friends and you're thinking about ordering a burger instead of a healthier meal, you say, I'm an elite runner. When it's Friday night and everyone's going out, staying late, staying up late and you got to run 16 miles the next day, you say, I am an elite runner and that's who you are. So you don't go out because you have these goals. So, um, you know, other, other mantras could be, I am disciplined. I'm a world-class coach. I'm an entrepreneur, right? A lot of people maybe want to get into a business because they love something. They love art. They love fitness. They love photography. However, they also need to adopt that identity of being an entrepreneur or a marketer or a salesperson. And, so those are how I help support people. But ultimately, whatever your goal is, you need you need to become that person before the rest of the world sees it, right? And you and Matt, you and I have talked about this, but you did something similar before I met you where you were a fitness coach, you did photography, and you were kind of like, oh, this is my hobby or this is what I do on the side. And it's like, no, you need to say, I'm a professional photographer and that's who I am. Yeah. Because when you say that, again, it may not feel real, but you start saying it enough, you start believing it, then you show up differently. And then when you're on a call, trying to book a job or get a client, all of a sudden you're going to be confident. You're going to have energy. Like people are, you're going to be charismatic because you're showing up as that photographer. And then 10 years from now, the rest of the world is going to be like, wow, this is the best photographer in the world. You know? So it's, it's really like whatever your goal is, it's like, who do you need to become in order to achieve that?
1: Yeah. Dude, I love all that. I I want to go back to the goal setting for a second because you know, you said specific and accurate. I want to give more examples because I think it's so important for people. Again, goal setting. Yeah, I have goals. Um, but like you taught me something, a few things that I think is super important where it's like, okay, when I reach this goal, how will I know that I have reached Mm. this goal? Like, you know, I think one of the examples that I loved where it's like, I'm a fitness coach. It's like, all right, let's set goals at the beginning of the year. I want to help a hundred people with their fitness. You would say that that goal is not specific or accurate
0: enough. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. How will you know when this has happened? Right? So it's like, or I'm sorry, even I said a hundred, right? People even leave out the hundred. Yeah, I are, want to
1: help a lot of people with their fitness right. goals.
0: But even that example, right? Uh, I want to help a hundred people. Uh, I want to change a hundred lives. You know, that's even better. Most people are like, I want to change as many lives as possible. Yeah, Cool. That's like an endless, like, I mean, it could be five. Yeah. Right. Could be, could be one, could be a million. Yeah. Um, so it's like, even if you say, I want to, I want to change a hundred people's lives or I want to impact a thousand people. Okay. Well, how do you define change? How do you define impact? Right. It needs to be measurable and that's how we can break it down. And then all of a sudden, if it's like, you know, if we, if we use the, the fitness example, right, I want to change a hundred people's lives. Well, it's likely everyone's different, but maybe your niche is helping people lose weight right? So it's, I want to help a hundred people get to their ideal weight. All of a sudden, now that's specific. Now that's accurate. Now you can track it. And then we can work backwards to goals there. Right. And it's like, okay, how do I do that? Well, one could be like reaching out to people that could be, then we're going to have all these subcategories of goals. And that's, that's part of the problem with goal setting is people set these like, you know, big lofty goals. And they're like, oh, I want to own my business in 10 years. I want to open my own business. And they just leave it at that. And it's, that's where what I do is it's like, okay, 10 years, well where they, then where do you need to be in five? Where do you need to be in three? Where do you need to be in one? Where do you need to be next month? And next month, it could be, uh, if you want to open your own business, it's like um, just reaching out to three people who own their own business in that field and getting coffee with them.
1: That could literally be the next step. And then from there, you have a next step. And then you have a next step. And w- wouldn't you say you will? I already know the answer. But... Once people do this, I want to own my own business in ten years. It actually will happen sooner than ten years, oh yeah, uh one thing you talk about is getting unreasonable with your goals. Can you tell me a little bit about getting unreasonable and why that's important? <sighs> yeah, so this
0: is uh a lot of people get confused when I say the word unreasonable. they think unrealistic, and I do not mean unrealistic. unrealistic is you know you know. Shooting for the stars, like it—it's likely not possible. When I say unreasonable, it's about doing what's uncommon, right? If you grew up in a world in a town where, um, you know, we—we we talked about this earlier today, Matt. You always say, you know, we're born into a cult—a cult of our parents' beliefs, the society, the school system that we grew up in, right? And as you get older, there ends up being a lot of unlearning. So if you grew up in an environment where maybe it's the Midwest and you grew up on a farm and you grew up in a small town and everyone stays there their whole lives, right? It would be unreasonable for you to go to the city, go to New York city and have a a job where you
1: wear a fancy tie and a suit. Yeah. And even that example to cut you off, um, is deeper than those, uh, I guess, tangible things where it's even those deep beliefs, your mom every day, your dad or whatever is saying, like, money doesn't grow on trees. Well, we don't talk about money. It's like, now you have this belief about money or rich people are fucking bad. You know, now you have this belief that, well, I don't want a lot of money. And like you said, it's unlearning that also.
0: Yeah. Um, and then if you and I are both in the fitness space. So we talk about fitness, right? It's, um, it's unreasonable to say, I want to make six figures. Like people have a weird relationship with money. It's unreasonable to say, like, I want to be a millionaire as a fitness coach. Right. Uh, but it's like, doing that, like going after just because, you know, going after ultimately what you want rather than playing it small. And that's what I see too often people play it small and part of the goal setting, you know, this is where I kind of pull it out of them is, okay, what do you actually want? Right? So the precursor to me doing goal setting is I have people do this exercise called perfect day. So this, this is a freebie for you guys. If you're listening, go do this exercise. If you're, if you're in a place in your life where, um, Even if things are good but you want to go from good to great or if you do want to change in your life i want you to think about the future and if everything worked out exactly as you wanted um what would your life look like and the more specific and accurate you can get the better right what time do you wake up where do you live do you have you know what do you have first thing in the morning you have coffee what kind of coffee is it cold brew is it pour over how many cups of coffee you know do you live in a house do you live in an apartment who lives with you? Um, what do you do for work? What time do you go to work? How many hours a day do you work? What do you eat for lunch? Do you do you hang out with friends, right? And just write that out. And essentially, that's going to cast the vision for your future. And that's really where we build off when it comes to setting goals is, you know, if you knew you couldn't fail, what would you want? And, and that's like the first four weeks of my course. I tell people, don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the how. Don't worry about the how. Because when they come to the perfect day, Again, a lot of stuff they say, well like I would love to live on, you know, 5 acres of land and you know, then have a house in Cabo and you know, um have 3 cars because I want a truck, but I also want a you know, a fast car and a motorcycle and but like that's that's unreasonable. Well cool, we're going to shoot for that. And that's why I tell people like don't worry about the how and then we went to the goal setting. I'm like, I just want to focus so much on what do you want? And then we can worry about that. And then It never fails every single time when we, because eventually I will teach you, I, we will talk about the how you just got to be patient and it takes care of itself. I don't even have to, now I will teach you how to have better habits, scheduling, how to stay on track. Um, and, and, I have a lot of tips there. Um, but it's like, it's amazing when you get so accurate and specific on what you want. It's like the path just unfolds. It becomes obvious. These are the
1: steps that I need to take and I can do it. Yeah, it's super great. I have so many kind of anecdotes just from all the stuff you've taught me. But like, you know, last year when I took your your very first course, the School of Life, and we did these goal settings. And I think I said like, in three years, I want to make $250,000. And now a year later, I'm like, oh, $250,000 in the next two years? Like, that's my goal? Like, that's easy. That's not even big enough anymore. Now it's like a, a million should be the goal. Uh, and so it's so incredible what happens when you Do put these goals down and do have your reason, but then start following through. And I think that's my next question for you is that, okay, great, Taylor. We have these big goals. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to run a marathon, but it's so fucking scary to start doing that process. So how do you help people take the next steps? The first step, like, what does that look like? Yeah. Why do you want to make $250,000? Because when good people make good money, they can do great things. Uh, the more money, quote Chris Harder, by the way, i love to give him credit. I'm in his mastermind right now. It's changing my life. Um, but the more money I can make, the more I can reinvest that money into education, the more I can donate to um, a specific cause, which full honesty, I don't donate anything right now. And I'm just in this place of paying off some debt, but um, I want to make sure that you know 5% of income starts going towards a cause that I care about, or at least time. Um, but anyway, yeah, the more money I make, the more, the more I can donate and, uh, the more I can start hiring people and maybe hire my next coach, uh, which means, you know, I'm changing lives. I know I am and I'm helping people make their dreams possible. Um, so the more money I have, the, the, the more people I can reach. Boom. Perfect. So
0: to answer your question, uh, the reason that's important, that's your why, right? And I talked about that goal setting. We have a why, uh, to be honest, once we get through, this is like the first quarter of my program, goal setting, mindset, vision casting. It is so people, people, it becomes so obvious to everyone what they should be doing and why that they just start taking action on their own. Like literally we go through this and they just start doing the things. Now, really what you're getting at is like, uh, okay, how do we maintain that? Right? Cause it's like, you're in my course. We have a weekly call. There's accountability. So how do we make sure we keep that momentum rolling? And um, the big thing that I do is, is I help with habits, right? It's about going back to that identity work, right? It's like, who do you need to become? And then once you become aware of that, it's like, okay, what do those people do? And then how can I do that? And it, you know, it's funny when it comes to habits, so many people, it's an all or nothing approach and they try to bite off more than they can chew. And I love using the example of fitness. It's uh, the space that I'm in. And also I think it's, it's really relatable to a lot of people, but you know, someone wants to get on a new diet plan. So what do they do? They go full in keto or no sugar or, you know, whatever it is. And it's too hard too soon. And they maybe make it a week and then they're unhappy, they're irritable, they're angry. And like one bad thing goes wrong. So they go get, you know, a Big Mac and a milkshake and all this stuff. And they're like, well, screw that up. So I'm just going to have a weekend and the weekend turns into a week and then a week turns into a month. And it's just this vicious cycle and habits are the same way. So if, if somebody, um, let's say you've got a desk job right now and you have this side hustle, this project that you're want to working on. Well, you know, people think they're like, well, I got to like, you know, get an LLC and I got to get a logo and I got to do all these things like before I can launch and whatever. And it's like, no, like, let's start with like, uh, you know, maybe you, you do graphic design and it's like, okay, cool. You're going to start putting in your schedule like twice a week, maybe an hour to work on graphic design, you know, and maybe there's another hour to just tell people that you do this, you know? Um, So one of the biggest things I do is I I call them tiny habits, but it's like anything that you want want to implement, we want to start too small. So, you know, that's kind of a, a broader example, but you know, some of the things I help people with is just like having a better quality of life. Right. So, um, I had one client who wanted to stop scrolling Instagram and watching TV so much, and she wanted to start reading more. And I said, okay, cool. Like you, you scroll Instagram at night, you know, or watch Netflix. Um, and she's also mind you very stressed out and anxious. And I said, cool. Like, what if we read instead, that'll be, uh, the new habit. And she's like, okay, yeah, I could read for like 30 minutes a night. I'm like, no, 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 that's too much. She's like, uh, 20 minutes. I'm like, no, that's, she's like 10. I was like, no, you're going to read one sentence. And she's like, what? I was like, yeah, you're going to read one sentence. And so um, the way Tiny Habits works is you, you pick a habit that you want to implement and then you attach it to an anchor point. So something you already do, right? So if she wants to scroll her phone, that's the anchor point because she already does that every night. And it's like, until, you, it, it, in order for you to scroll on your phone, you have to read. And the thing is, we're going to start with one sentence because it's like almost impossible not to do. It's too easy. And that's where we want to start. And if she sits down and she turns a lamp on and she opens her book and she gets to the chapter and she reads one sentence, odds are she's going to read two. And then she might read a paragraph and then she might read a page and then she might read five. But if she reads that one sentence and she's like, I don't feel it. Cool. She can close her book, start scrolling her phone. However, if she does that every single day, all of a sudden, it's going to be a new habit. And so you can apply that to anything that you want to do. But that's just like one very specific example of something that I teach, Tiny Habits, to implement these things in your life.
1: Yeah, it's such a beautiful per, like permission to allow yourself to, cool, I can read the one sentence and I fit my goal. And I can exceed that or I can just be good. And it's like you give a lot of the fitness examples. It's like I just want you to put your gym clothes on. Yeah. Like if you get home and you just like plop on the couch every time, it's like instead of plopping the couch, can't do that until you put your gym clothes on. As long as your gym clothes get put on, then plop on the couch and watch Netflix. But chances are, you put your gym clothes on. It's like, oh, at least you know, walk to the end of the block or, or whatever it is. But it's like giving yourself that those small wins, and then start to stack that. It's like, okay, cool, I've done my one sentence for two weeks. Now it's gonna be the page. Now I'm gonna make sure I read a page every night because you know now we're getting some momentum, right? Would you agree? And that's yeah, you absolutely. Of off that yeah,
0: and and it's like you start so small that it's like you you can't not do it. You know, you you want to stretch more. Okay, when you brush, your, you brush your teeth every day, cool. When you brush your teeth, you're going to stretch. Brushing your teeth the anchor point. Stretching is the new thing. If you brush your teeth for two minutes, cool. That's two more minutes than you ever did. And over the course uh, of a year, that could add up to be a lot. And it's likely you start doing it more and then it's a new habit. And, you know, really everything I teach is a framework to help you for the rest of your life, right? So, like, I'm teaching you know, these specifics, but like when you leave my program, you should be able to implement them into other things or new things that come up or, you know, you should be able to set new goals as life shifts and change.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Oh, should we go on that? Giving people permission to shift and change and do something different. Like, do you have a lot of clients that end up, they're in a certain place and they just don't like where they're at and they're looking for the new path and, 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 do they struggle with the fact that they've identified with that one thing for so long, that, or they feel like kind of what we spoke about, or maybe this was this morning, not on this podcast, but like this is what I'm supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, this is going back to the goal setting. And what's cool about it is I would say if you're not sure about something, write it down anyways. You know, words are powerful, words are magic. And if you write down, you know, I want to own my own business, and you're like, I'm not sure. Like, write it down and sit with it for a month, for two months. And it's going to help you create clarity. And then you might realize, you know what? I don't actually want that goal. And that is the best news. Because then you can stop wasting time and energy on that thing, you know? Um, but alluding to, to what you're getting at is, I think, which you asked me, what is my purpose? And I believe my purpose is to help people figure out their purpose and then how to go after it, right? However, there's, the thing about purpose is it can change throughout your lifetime, And I think a lot of people talk about purpose. They use it the same way they use soulmate language. So I'll be honest. I don't believe in soulmates. I don't believe that on this earth, there is only one single person meant for you besides me. Well, that's different.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um,
0: There's multiple right people is what I believe. And a lot of it comes down to timing, you know, but I don't believe that, you know, for me, there is one girl out there that I, I'm supposed to meet and be with the rest of my life. Like, I think I could meet someone and I could be with that
1: one person, but there also could be somebody else, you know, T- Taylor's looking for a polyamorous <laughs> relationship. Uh, a few wives, uh, me in the background at all times, holding your hands, uh, mom, if you're listening, that is not true. <laughs> it's um, not true. It's not true. I'm only
0: kidding. Uh, so I believe a lot of people look at their purpose the same way and it's paralysis by analysis. And they're like, what, it, what am I supposed to do with my life? It's this like, overarching, like heavy thing that's just weighing them down. They're like, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I have to find that one thing. And like, you know, it's how, how do I do that? And it's like, no, your purpose can change throughout your lifetime. So like maybe for a while, when you're in college, your purpose is to learn and to get educated. And then it's, you know, maybe you have a career and it's to implement and your purpose is to, you know, follow through on the things that you learned and help people. And then maybe one day it's your purpose to be a teacher and to mentor And you know, that's okay. So what I'll say is as we set goals, it's like maybe you have a goal and then three years goes by and life changes. And maybe you have this goal to start your own business. And then, you know, family changes. Maybe you get married and you have a kid and your priorities shift and you're like, you know what? I don't really want to do that. I have a great job and I can still make a big impact doing what I'm doing, but it also allows me time and flexibility with my family and and that's okay. And that's part of this process is to give yourself permission that goals can change and your vision can change, but you won't know that unless you write it down and you get sp-
1: specific and you actually work towards it at some point. Yeah. This is so good. So if people can, you know, in the general, we don't have to go on every single thing you teach, but in the grand scheme of things, if people can get clear on their perfect day. They close their eyes and I love the perfect day and not just like, even like getting in the smells. Like, can, are you in California? Do you smell the ocean? You know, can you smell that coffee that you talked about? Do you hear the waves crashing? Like, do you hear your babies crying because you have two newborns? Whatever. Like, getting so specific and closing your eyes and being in that perfect day and loving every second of it. And and it's not like I think the perfect day. Too people are like, oh, like vacation. Like, oh, then I would just do nothing. I would golf and but yeah, it's like, yeah, no, it's like it's the tip. It's like a your perfect day. work day. Yeah, I would say Yeah. So they get down their perfect day. And then now they know that what they want. They write down like 10-year goals. They kind of work backwards maybe with some, with some three-year goals, one-year goals. Maybe we don't have to – we've talked a lot about goals so we can move forward. But if they get down a goal and then have a because statement, they understand clearly why they want it. And then they can create mantras around this. Uh, if they're a runner, I'm an elite runner. You know, uh, I am a healthy person um, to help them. to Do I eat the banana or the donut? Nope, I have the mantra, I am a healthy person. I choose the banana. Things like that. Okay, now we're at this point feeling like you're becoming that person. Um, I wanna, what What do you feel is next? Like, I know we talk about language a lot and is that a big part of the next step or you tell me?
0: Yeah, so, you know, from the goals, uh, if we have a one-year goal, then I create quarterly habits. So it's like, okay, for this next quarter, what do I need to focus on, right? And then it's, you know, we talk about tiny habits. How can I implement on the day-to-day?
1: Dude, and that's when those fucking unreasonable goals, those 10 year goals, start to become three year goals. Yeah. And it starts shrinking time and you start taking action and you're like, oh, this isn't as far as with, we... and it's also not as hard. And you know, I don't, I'm getting confused with the podcast we did this morning, <laughs> but uh, you know, this imposter syndrome where it's like, who am I to do this? But if you just take that one step, like, oh, I can do this. I don't have to start my business tomorrow. I can have the meeting with my three friends who are business owners. And that's the first step. And then you learn about business and you go, Oh, this actually seems a little bit more doable. Then you have another meeting with them. You're like, Oh, I understand what the first steps are. Then you take that first step. And so breaking it down. I, I love that. And I think I had something else, but I'm getting all excited about goals.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean, kind of tying it all together, it, which we, we kind of skip forward to goals. Really the first step is I teach people about mindset. So without, we could spend a whole podcast talking about that, but. There's growth mindset, fixed mindset. The growth mindset um, says that pretty much anything in life is an opportunity to learn and grow, right? Um, Matt, if you and I are, let's say you're the growth mindset, I'm the fixed mindset. So the fixed mindset believes that you're born a certain way with certain characteristics. And we both take a math test. We both fail the math test. And if you have the growth mindset, you say, I am never letting this happen again. I'm going to study harder. I'm going to get tutoring. I'm going to take more notes. I'm going to ask for help. And me in the fixed mindset says, I'm just not a math person. I'm just not good at math. So the first step is adopting the growth mindset, right? Because no matter what it is, right? Like, even if you have the growth mindset, and if we talk about basketball, you know, just because I have the growth mindset doesn't mean I can be in the NBA. However, it does mean that I can get better at the sport of basketball from where I am. The other main thing that I teach is the survival mentality versus the creation mentality. And a lot of my clients are in survival. They're focused on what they don't want to happen. I don't want to be broke. I don't want to be injured. I don't want to be alone. And that is just like this vicious circle of like constantly focused on what you don't want. And life is just terrible. And instead, we want to go into creation where we're focused on what we do want. I do want financial freedom. Okay, cool. What does that look like? How much money is that? Okay, now what are the steps to get there, right? I do want to be healthy. I do want community okay and then we can just start actually implementing so that's really how we set it up we get into goals we create the goals the quarterly habits the tiny habits we start doing the things and then there's a few other steps in there to optimize but we get to the end of my course and essentially we finish by asking one question is this in alignment with who i want to become is this in alignment with my goals so we can't, we can't ask that question until we've done all the other things. We've set the vision. We have the perfect day. We have the mindset. And then every everything in life, you're going to ask yourself, is this in alignment? You know, is going out to the bars tonight in alignment with my goal of running a marathon? No, cool. I don't do it. And then every decision in life becomes simple. It's not easy. You're still going to make hard decisions, but it becomes obvious. Like, no, I'm not going to do these things because this is not going to lead me where I want to go. And how do we maintain that? It is one, having the conversation, one, having the mindset, and then it's surrounding yourself with people around you, you know? And that's something that within my course is hard to do, but like, we have this conversation I talk to people that like, Hey, you know, you need to surround yourself with people who are like-minded, who, you know, will hold you accountable and push you and inspire you to your goals, right? Which is why we have this podcast, why we have this conversation, because, you know, as they say, you're the, sum of the five people you spend the most time with, you know? So how do we, and that's the, the last week of my course is implementation. It's integration. Okay. Now I'm in the real world. I learned all these things. Well, okay. It's constantly checking in. So I tell people that, um, once a quarter, at least if not more, you're going to check in on your goals. What's going well, what's not going well. Um, I do an exercise called start, start, stop, continue. So when you set your goals, Once you're clear on them, you make a list, you make three lists. What are the things I need to start doing to get me to my goals, right? Start waking up early, start reading, you know, uh, a personal finance book, like whatever it is. Um, What do I need to stop doing, okay? Maybe it's stop hitting snooze, stop having a survival mindset, stop skipping the gym. Um, And then what am I doing well? What do I need to continue doing, right? Um, So every quarter, you're gonna check in. Okay, how's my stop, start, continue list? Do I need to redo that? how's my perfect day? Have my priorities shifted, you know? Do I need to change that? And then looking at okay, what's in alignment? What do my values say? So we we do an intake of you look at your schedule, look at your bank account. Um, you know, what are you consuming and what does that say about what you value versus what you think you value, right? Because if you come to me and you're like, "Oh, I really value my health and fitness." And then uh, I I look and you're like, "Oh, but I can't afford a trainer." And then we look at your bank account and you're spending, you know, $300 eating out and at the bars every weekend, you know, that's quick math, $1,200 a month. No, actually you just don't value it. And this isn't a good or bad conversation, but it's like, these are the facts, right? If you say, oh, I don't have time to go to the gym, but we look at your schedule and you're watching four hours of Netflix every night. No, it's not that you don't have time. You just actually don't value it. And so essentially I have this list for my clients where every quarter they can check in and that way they can do a self-reflection on, okay, okay. What do I need to shift and prioritize so that I can continue to stay on track?
1: Yeah, I love that. I was gonna ask you that. So, my left nut was tingling. Your right nut was tingling. We're on, we're in sync once again. Um, but yeah, to add to that, like you you mentioned, you know, I'm a world class runner. Uh, your friends say, Hey, we're going out for drinks. Well, I'm a world class runner. Um, but if you value friendship and community more, then maybe it's maybe go out with your friends and have those yeah. drinks and be okay with that. But understand that. Okay, then maybe the the running takes a hit, but just being cleared on yeah, what do you really value the most and what do you really want? Um, yeah, just
0: to be clear, like the this is a great example of how many people you know hiring a personal trainer or coach is expensive, uh, but I'm not saying if you if you really enjoy spending four hundred dollars a weekend because you enjoy new experiences and time with your friends, like that's not a bad thing. However, let's just be honest about what's important. Don't say that you can't afford or you don't have time
1: for the gym. Just be. Be honest with yourself. Awesome. So let's talk about, cause it's been coming up a lot. Honestly, even for myself, you said it before I was super busy with my schedule, um, filling up your own cup. And what does that mean? Cause I say that like everyone knows what that means, but maybe you can tell me what that means. Stress, time and energy cultivation, as you call it. I think all this is, um, kind of wrapped into one a little, a little bit. I know you have different strategies for this, but you know, why is it so important to to protect your energy and to fill your cup and things like that. Yeah, this is,
0: I would say you asked earlier about a common thread with my clients. It's filling your cup. The majority of my clients do not, for one, they don't schedule time for themselves. They don't prioritize the things that energize them, that fill them up, self-care. And that could look like a lot of different things. It's really anything that, you know, makes you feel full, excites you, brings you energy. So for some people that could be working out, for others, it's not working out. It could be getting a pedicure. It could be, you know, just having alone time, time with friends, date night, like, you know, playing guitar at home alone, like whatever it is. Um, And this goes back to being the best version of yourself. So a lot of people think that, you know, what I call filling your cup or self-care, prioritizing yourself, they think it's selfish. However, it's actually the most selfless thing you can do. Because if we think about it, if you are not doing those things that are important to you, that you enjoy going mountain biking, seeing your friends, you know, having alone time to where you can recharge, then eventually you're going to get burned out. And you're going to show up, your, your cup is going to be empty. And then when you show up to work or with your family or with your kids, you're going to be irritable. You're going to be angry. You're not going to be fun to be around. You're going to be tired. And nobody wants that. So that's actually not, for one, you're not going to be as successful. You're not going to be able to communicate as well. And nobody's going to want to be around you. You know? So instead, what I teach Stuff is... That's never happened to me. <laughs> fill your cup. And what you want to do is actually pour from the overflow. So rather than thinking about it being so... Um, sorry, Deuce is over here dropping our, dropping bombs. Our
1: and producer Deuce or Deuce. She's mic dropping. No, you're She's killing just, it. You're just killing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean... My hype woman, I, I, said, I love said her. Thank you for Taylor. Yeah, the ultimate hype woman. Ultimate
0: man. Time. Find you a deuce in your life, people. Oh, keep
2: going. Keep going. This okay. is too good to stop.
0: Okay, so fill your cup. Here's the thing, right? It's like the old oxygen mask analogy. You get on a plane. They. When's the last time you actually listened to one of these? Next time you're on a plane, listen to, um, the flight attendants. Shout out to my cousin Allison. She's a flight attendant. And so you're single. No, she's taken. I'm sorry. Both my cousins are taken. Sorry. <laughs> throwing it out there. Um, I'll keep you first in mind if it doesn't <laughs> work out. Uh, my oxygen mask drops and they tell you put yours on first because once you can breathe, then you're good. You can actually help more people. But if you try to put your the passenger next to you put their oxygen mask on and then all of a sudden you run out of oxygen and pass out, you can't help anyone. And filling your cup and self-care is the same way. So like I had a client once who was a mother and she worked a full-time job and she really wanted to prioritize fitness but she felt like it was selfish to have that time alone in the garage but i'm like you need this and you know her kids might come open the garage door and be like mommy mommy come play with me and i'm like no look you need to say look mommy's busy I'll be done in 30 minutes. And in that moment, you may feel like garbage. You may feel like the worst mother in the world. However, if you get that 30 minutes, you're going to show up better as a wife, as a mother, as a coworker, because you're going to be energized. You're going to be able to give more, you know? Um, And so I I can't say it enough. It's like, if you want to be the best version of yourself and be more successful, make sure that you schedule
1: out time for yourself. Yeah, I love it. You say it, schedule you you start with schedule yourself to schedule yourself yeah. book out an hour on your Sunday to schedule out um, uh, your week. And I've learned this. I love that you've taught me this because I schedule out the non negotiables. I have my calls Monday evenings, Tuesday evenings, one on Wednesday, whatever that looks like our Thursday masterminds that we have. Um, and then after that I take my red marker and my red marker is my fill my cup marker. And that's where I have the gym stuff. And I go like, Oh, we're, watching, you know, my roommate play guitar Friday, like from 6 PM, like that, that's time is taken. And then from there I filled in, okay, I need to update my website or I need to do outreach or whatever. Everything else gets filled in from there. But to make sure that that is priority, otherwise it doesn't get done. And I know for a lot of us, not even like, yes, as an entrepreneur, like I could always do something to grow the business, but for a lot of us too, you know, trying to get ahead in work in business, like, oh, you can stay an hour late at work or whatever it is. But no, if you have like, gym at five 30. Then you go to the gym at five 30. That's in the schedule first because it fills your cup. So you can show up better for other people. Yeah. I love the word
0: you use non-negotiable. Um, and that's going to take learning. It's going to take practice. It's going to take getting the reps in. Um, but it's also this idea of setting boundaries and not confusing your free time with your available time. And like, it's, it's learning to, to realize that like, you know, if someone is like, Hey, can we have this meeting at 4 PM and you can say no, Because you're going to go play golf with your buddies at Friday on 4
1: p.m. Like, no, I don't have time in the schedule. I just learned this. I have a zero obligation meter. I'm not obligated to say yes to anyone. If it doesn't fill my cup, if it doesn't, if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no, that kind of stuff. Like second cousin, invite to the wedding who I haven't spoken to in a year. Or I can spend time with my friends who love me and I speak to all the time. Like, I'm choosing that. Sorry, second cousin, like I'm not doing it. And yeah, I love that. Like you're not obligated to say yes to all these things that we feel like we are. And
0: on the flip side of going back to, is this in alignment? Yeah. Right. And for you, you know, you have a new launch and it might be a potential sales call. And it's like, you know what? We, you and I have both done this during the winter. We went snowboarding every Thursday. We blocked it off. I've taken sales calls on the mountain and I've made sales on the mountain. Mm -hmm. You know what? Because it's in alignment. It's like, this is a priority. I want this for my future that I'm I'm going to take 30 minutes out of my day
1: snowboarding. Yeah, and it's, then we and then we crack open the can of margaritas yeah. on on Copper Mountain and celebrate for your sales. Yeah.
0: But it's be, the only reason I can do that, the only reason I can break that exception of the non-negotiable is because I have a clear vision of what's important to me yeah. and the life I'm creating and the impact that I want.
1: Yeah. I love it all, dude. There's one piece I want to I want to touch on before we start to wrap it up, but Uh, It's it's language, and I know it's your favorite. It's actually my favorite because it's such a small little piece, small in like the 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 idea of it, but so fucking big in the power of it. And yeah, Taylor, hit it, man. Tell me about language.
0: Oh baby, where should we get started? Um, What's your Wi-Fi password? (laughs) Abracadabra. All right, if you guys are listening, because I've played the, I've done this a lot with Matt. I want you to pause, and I want you to think. What comes to mind when I say the word abracadabra? First thing that comes to mind initially. Can I answer? Yeah, Matt. What do you got?
1: Um, Back when we were kids, my brother and I, uh, my dad got a garage door opener, a little clicker, (laughs) you know? And he would go, say, he'd say abracadabra, and we would say abracadabra. And then he'd hit the button, and the garage door would open. And we'd be like, oh my God, it's magic. Bam. You nailed it. Magic,
0: right? If, if you're listening, you might have thought about magic or a wand or pulling a rabbit out of your hat or Harry Potter. Well, here's the thing. Abracadabra is actually Aramaic for with my word I create or with my word I influence. And that's the thing. Words are magic. And what you say, I mentioned this earlier, has the biggest impact on what you think. Okay? Um, so, Matt, if I, if I say, hey, I, I don't want you to think about the pink elephant in your bed. What are you thinking about? Uh, That a pink elephant is now
1: breaking my bed.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? And that is a perfect example. And because I said that, that's what you think about. You know, so earlier I talked about, so this is something I teach, negations versus affirmations, right? So if you're constantly in this world of like, I don't want to be broke, I hate my life, I don't want to be broke, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're so focused on that, that's what's going to happen. Instead, we want to shift that into an affirmation. I want financial freedom, right? So, words are literally going to change your life, and I challenge you if you're listening to be very careful about the words that you use, um, because it is going to impact what you actually believe. You know, um, and and something else that I teach is this is really the the biggest takeaway is soft talk versus soft solid talk so soft talk is words like think try maybe kind of sort of um they leave room for ambiguity and they leave room for doubt so if you say i think i'm going to start my own business how much do you believe that's going to happen Matt? um
1: i think you know yeah maybe might do it
0: yeah it, it could happen if i said yeah maybe i'll come to your birthday party Next year. Oh, my God. I'd be heartbroken. It sounds like you're not really going to come. Yeah, right? Um, so if you say that about your goals, then subconsciously you're leaving room for doubt. And it, it happens a lot of times for for two reasons. One, because you don't believe it's actually possible, right? Starting my own business. Um, so that's why you use these qualifier words. Or two, it's because you're giving yourself an out, right? Where it's like, oh, I just said I was going to try and start my own business. So, like, if I fail, then cool. You know, I'm off the hook. However, that's no way to show up. Like when you show up in life that way, you're going to show up half assing it, you know, and you need to be all in. So instead we're going to use solid talk. This is where it's like, will do can and being very accurate with your language. Right. Um, so this is something I ask you all the time Matt. you know, and I'll be like, Oh, how was, you know, how was snowboarding? And do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, yeah. Do you want me to say the wrong thing? Yeah. <laughs> say the wrong thing. Uh it was pretty good. And I'll say pretty. Well, no,
1: it was actually really good.
0: Yeah. And so it's it's becoming accurate, right? Because people will use these qualifiers and they're like, Well, maybe, you know, I'll do this or like I, I think I wanna, you know, pick up this new hobby. And it's like, Well, do you or don't you? And I promise you, it's by being clear, it's gonna change the way that you show up and it's gonna change your intention. And you're gonna show up as a different person when you go after
1: that. Taylor, so what do you when people at the gym say, uh, like How's your day going or what's up? (laughs) Yeah. I say, say? I say I'm living the dream every day, right?
0: Every day. Living the dream. People actually, yeah. uh, My roommate will laugh at me when she overhears it at the gym. And it's true. Actually, I could get more
1: accurate with my language. I'm living my dream. Nice. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because not everybody wants to be a life coach and have a podcast and all that stuff. So that's really well said. Uh, man, I love, I, I love the language because I, f- it's so powerful. I feel it work. And, and this is kind of what you talked about with the mantras and like, especially the negations too. I think part of the mantras too is like, uh, like I don't want to be broke. It's like, that's not a fucking mantra. It's yeah. Like, money flows to me effortlessly. I, like got an, I got
0: I got an idea. Should we, should we play a game with Deuce? Should, yeah. Oh, sh- oh yeah. Oh, should, could, can. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Deuce, you ready for this?
2: I did this to one of my friends this weekend, so I'm just born ready. You know this? I know this.
0: Oh, man. Well, it may not work as well, then. uh, Okay.
2: Let's
0: do it. Let's try try it. Let's try it anyway. What's uh, what's something you should start doing?
2: I should start waking up at the same time every day. Okay. Being more consistent. What time is that? Uh, 8 a.m.
0: 8 a.m. Okay. Uh, Replace the... So we'll say I should start waking up at 8 a.m. Replace the word should with could. Say that again.
2: I could start waking up at 8 a.m. every day.
0: Cool. How does that... Does that feel any different? It
2: does feel better. Okay. Because I could absolutely do that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay. Uh, Replace the word could with can and say that again.
2: I can wake up at 8 a.m. every day. Any difference? It feels more powerful.
0: More powerful. Okay. Um, I will... Wake up at 8 a.m. every day because, and I want you to fill in the blank.
2: I will wake up at 8 a.m. every day because I need that extra hour.
0: Cool. How Is do, that
2: a good because? <laughs> <laughs> I do need it.
0: <laughs> what do you? Uh, what she's it, look, she's <laughs> looking at me I'm like, yeah. Am stellar? I saying this Absolutely. right? What do you? Yeah. What, I mean. the, what do you? What do you need it for? Let's be uh, more specific.
2: For writing, more time to write. Honestly. Okay. Because I've been taking what kind of writing uh creative writing
0: um uh, you're writing like short stories or
2: no like just journaling
0: okay about you your life
2: about my life yeah
0: okay what does that do for you
2: makes me happy
0: okay fills your cup fills Fills my cup cool so full circle you need an extra hour for more writing you need an extra hour because it makes you happier yes so let's say that i will
2: i will wake up at 8 a.m I, I will, or I can, I, I will wake up at 8am every day to have an extra hour to make myself happy.
0: Yeah. Because it makes me happy because it makes me happy. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> nice. Bam. So I'm going to follow up tomorrow and see if you woke up at 8am.
2: Yeah, I will. I will be. So
0: this is a fun example of what I call the one word game and just the power of words. And I say this because you, if you're listening, you need to stop shooting on yourself. There everyone uses I was waiting for that. I love it. Everyone uses the word should. I should do this. I should do that. And it feels like there's this like pressure, like someone's forcing it on me. Yeah, and then as soon as like, yeah, yeah, oh. it's, it's like, and then part of you is like, I don't want to. Cause you said I should.
2: Yeah.
0: And you know, then we change it. To could. And it's like, Oh wow. Like, yeah, it's possible. And then it's like, can like, it empowers you. And then will it's like, There, there removes, that's complete solid talk. I'm doing this. Yeah. And then the power, because I actually really struggle with telling a story. Like Matt, do you remember the research study about the power of because
1: the printer, the printer, I would love for you to share it because,
0: because, because, because because. it's really powerful
1: and, and I just don't do it justice. Yeah. So back, back in the day, uh, I think it was Harvard did a study uh, on campus. There's a big Xerox machine that everyone it's notorious for having very, very long lines. For those children out there who don't know what a xerox <laughs> machine is it's where you take a piece of paper and it makes a copy of that piece of paper and prints another one or many copies um so they did a study and you know many times right it's a it's harvard so they do studies right <laughs> i don't have to explain to you how that works um but the first one is a very long line and they have one person go up cut the entire line and say to the first person in line hey can i cut to make copies or no i don't need to say hey can i cut the line Yep. 60% of the time, which I honestly think is pretty good, 60% of the time, the person would say, Yes, you can cut. Then they ran the experiment again. They say, Hey, can I cut the line because I'm in a rush? And that's actually a solid, you know, excuse. I'm in a rush, you know, do you mind if I cut? Whatever, however they said it. And ninety-six percent of the time people said yes. Now it just went up. Quick math. Thirty thirty-six <laughs> percent. Because they use because, because I'm in a rush, which is a, a solid, you know, reason. Not the best reason, but a solid reason. They did it again. Hey, can I cut the line because I have to make copies? Because I have to make copies is a terrible reason. Everyone in line has to make copies. Yet still, 94% of people said yes. So your because statement.
2: That's just crazy. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> oh what? Maddie, Maddie, yeah, actually Maddie's like, what?
1: What? I thought, I thought Maddie was telling <laughs> yeah. me that's wrong. But yeah, only, it only went down 2%. And the because statement was garbage. But because they used the because statement, um, uh, it was so powerful. And, dude, actually, one time, totally forgot about this. I was pulling out of McDonald's. I uh, don't go to McDonald's very, very often at all. I, I should have made up something were else. We, should, oh, we're, yeah. were we in Portland, Maine? Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> right? That was the, yeah. Oh, man. But uh, I'm pulling out of McDonald's, and a uh, homeless guy comes up to my car. Uh, it was summertime. It was last summer. When I down, he comes up to my car. And I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. And he's like, hey, man, do you have any changes to spare? And I said, no. And – I drove away and I was like, I should have told him next time you're asking for change, use a because statement and it will be so much more powerful. You'll probably get changed. And if he was like, Hey man, can I have, you know, you see it all the time with people, you know, need change, you know, so I can catch the bus or whatever.
0: Yeah. So here, this is, this is gold. You want to negotiate a, a raise or get what you want? The
1: power of because you want to ask a girl out the power of because I'll uh, tell you what though, not just any because, but make it about them. Yeah, you solve their problem. If it's the girl, Mm -hmm. I don't. I can't think of an example. (laughs) But if it's the boss and it's the raise, I was really excited to see where you're going with that. (laughs) Should we go there? Um, But if it's the boss, you know, tell them how you can increase profits for the company or how you can make them more efficient or something. Don't make it about yourself. Okay, awesome, Taylor. It's been amazing. I want to. I want to wrap this up with a few, a few final things. The first thing is, um, can you give me a few tangible? Like, I know, I know it's been hard for you to like. It's hard for you to show. We talk about you know I help you with the marketing and sharing results and to show something t- tangible. But you know what are some things you've helped uh, clients with? And and I kick you off with one if you don't mind. Like I know one one of your clients was like uh, I want to write a book, right? And they made it a ten year goal. Then you helped them with their first steps, and that became not ten years, but he's like, oh, I can actually do this in like two three years, right? So this goal that he thought was so far off, and probably next year it would still be a ten year goal, and probably next year it would still be a ten year goal but you helped him start writing this book and make it like a two, three-year goal, right?
0: Yeah, it was actually a pastor of a church, and he, yeah, it was a 10-year goal to be like a best-selling author. And, uh, you know, we just, I just did my thing. and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, 10 years, where do you need, maybe by five years or in three years, you have like a couple of potential book ideas. It's like, oh, I've already got those. And I'm like,
1: okay. Cool, you just asked questions.
0: Yeah. And then I'm, I'm like, he's like, yeah, every, he's like, I write down every sermon and I have like hundreds been doing this my whole life. And then I'm like, okay, well maybe then a one-year goal is reach out to publishers. He's like, actually, you know, our worship pastor works for this person and we've already reached out about having eBooks. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, this could maybe, and then I, I kid you not the next week he's like, yeah, I reached out to the publisher. We're going to have eBooks. She's already looking at my proposals. Like it literally was fast tracking to to get in the works like within a few months. That's incredible. Um, and I've had I've had people come on before, and we set ten year goals, and they're like, "Yeah, I actually I set this goal ten years ago, and it still hasn't happened," which is like the saddest thing that I've ever heard. Um, yeah, I've helped, helped people had better relationships. I have one of one of my favorite clients. Uh, if she listens to this, she knows who she is. Um, she had two young kids and was dealing with, uh, what felt like postpartum depression and just kind of like irritability, um, and just anger and things like that. And, um, I helped her with that. I helped her with her le- relationship with her husband, with her kids to be happier, healthier. And, and I, you know, she went through my program and now we're, we're still doing some bi-weekly calls where to be honest, I think a big part of that is filling her cup. She's now prioritizing time for herself. She's working out again, you know, cause she's a stay at home mother, Um, I've helped people launch their businesses leading to making more money. Um, help people just like figure out priorities and have better quality of life. I've had, I have a handful of like CEO business leaders who, um, you know, are checking emails at 10 PM stressed all the time, anxious. And they're just like, they're actually happy now. Cause like by having them not check their phone at 7 PM is literally life changing, like be more efficient with their time. And so it's. It definitely is challenging, um, which is why my program is called the Happy Life Redesign, um, where I'll meet meet you where you are. It could lead to make more money because if you're a better version of yourself, you'll make more money. If you're a better version of yourself, uh, you could have better relationships. You could meet the person that you're looking for. If you're a better version of yourself, um, you could actually lose the weight because maybe now you're sleeping and you're not stressed and your hormones are balanced. And, uh, you know, the sky's the limit,
1: really. Yeah amazing you've done some amazing stuff it gets me fired up just to hear you the you know you're changing the world and it's it's really incredible so i'm curious for you taylor what is your top what what do we go with one three-year goal what's your top three-year goal Ooh, putting you on the spot yeah this is uh hmm. yeah this
0: is tough i mean
1: you can, I don't name, you can name a few if you want. Yeah. I, uh, I mean, really, it it's just
0: continue to grow my business and, and get more clients. And
1: Okay, um, Taylor, how many clients? You said get specific and accurate. How much money do you want to make in three years?
0: Yeah. I don't know if I want to say that. Okay. Um, I, do have a, I do have specifics, and I do have a, a, an accurate number. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that on here. Okay. Um, may I ask why? Yeah. Uh I don't know. I just like potential clients. I think it's uh I don't know. You're putting me on the spot here. Yeah, I am. Um <laughs> Yeah, it, because it's, you know, I mean, I I do have a number in in mind. Uh and it's it's for me and it's like personally, I do believe when good people make good money, they can do great things and I want to help more people. Um and I do want to make more money, but I don't want to Uh, you know, I think a lot of things are about perception. So I don't want, you know, it's not about money for me. You know, I believe money will allow me more freedom to help more people. Um, And also, this is something interesting where it's like, there is always a time to break the rule. So, you know, I'll meet people and they'll hear all this stuff. They're like, well, what's your five-year goal? What's your 10-year goal? And I have a vision for it. Um, But I am also very open to how that works out. You know, if you would have asked me two years ago, I thought I was going to be a full-time fitness coach, grow my business, you know, make six figures as a a fitness coach. Um, And I was open to what what the universe had for me, and that led to life coaching. So um, I'm going to keep leaning into my program, growing that. Um, I have a new program launching in June. My goal, I've got eight spots open. So I'm going to limit it at eight. Uh, I think I could get more, but I don't want to take on more than I can – I don't want to bite off more than I can chew. I want to make sure that I'm providing quality for my clients. Um, We'll see how that goes. Then maybe reevaluate
1: for the next one. Amen. All right. So fair enough. So let's, let's kick it in right there then. Uh, Guys, this is your opportunity. This is uh, Taylor. This is going to be his first announcement that, you know, this program is going to launch. You're the first ones to hear about it. So uh, you guys are going to get first dibs to Taylor's 90 day happy life redesign. Like he just said, he's only taken eight people. Um, So, Taylor, do you have a place people can go if they want to book a call and they, they're interested in this coaching? There's a uh, place they can go? Yeah, you can reach out to me. I'm actually going to pull
0: uh, from one of our guests, Colby Knapp, drop this like a boss. If you want to reach out to me, phone number is 352-455-3754. Uh, send me a text. Give me a call. I'm on Instagram at Taylor underscore Send me a message. And then I have a website, taylorsleafers.com. Um, and there's, there's a tab for Happy Life Redesign. There is a form you can fill out to get in
1: touch with me and we can schedule a call. Guys, I cannot tell you what Taylor has done for me. I, I truly can't put it into words with all the things we talked about and so much more. But changing my language, having goals written down, creating mantras has been like unbelievably huge for me. Scheduling, making sure I'm scheduling my self-care, what fills my cup. Uh, which sometimes I'll say, sometimes we don't, I don't do that. Sometimes it's not the phase for my business, but I know how important it is. So it's always in my mind, like we said, with Colby Knapp, the awareness, but Taylor has truly changed my life with some, with a lot of everything he's taught me really. And uh, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't be where I am with my business. Um, You know, going through a divorce and, and being friends with Taylor and being able to talk to him and have him, you know, Help me with these, these goals and, and mantras and all this stuff. My, my ex even once said to me one time, uh, we met up and she's like, she's seen a therapist and, and she's like, I think, you know, you should th- see a therapist. Like, I think everyone should see a therapist. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know what? I already do see a therapist and his name is Taylor Sleaford. And yes, of course you're not certified. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not going we to clarify that. I uh, definitely am not, but. he is not certified. We were make that very clear. However, uh, I've never seen one, but I, I, from what I hear, I think he does just as good, if not better work than most, um, from the people I've met who have therapists. So anyway, I'm just the biggest supporter of Taylor. Obviously, as you all know, he's my best friend. I love him, but, um, I don't say that in earnest. Is that the right word? Like <laughs> I've never used that word in a sentence before. <laughs> uh, deuce. Can you fact check this <laughs> yeah. to, to find earnest <laughs> for us? Not how, That's earnest. not how you use not you don't even have <laughs> okay, to look it Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh but I'm, I'm like from the bottom of my heart, like Taylor changes lives. And if you resonate with any of this stuff, this has been a long podcast, but, um, if you resonate with this stuff, you need it, take the leap, invest in yourself and do the things. And, and I think that's an important part of what Taylor and I do and what, and what we, you know, what I teach, but like, you know, he charges what he charges cause he's fucking worth it. But also you need to invest in yourself. You need to have that financial buy-in. So you do the things that he teaches you because it's so easy to half-ass the goals and not say the mantras and wake up and I'm not going to do the tiny habits because whatever, like this is where you lean in and everything you've ever wanted in life is possible for you. And you can have all these things, but it does take guidance and no one who's ever accomplished anything has done it by themselves. So I want to say thank you so much to Taylor for everything he's done for me and this is why... I'm such a big supporter of his, and if this resonates, hit him up. Get on that sales call. He doesn't take just anyone. You know, you have to align, and and I think that's also what makes him world-class is that it's not just any schmo off the street. He's not trying to take your money. He's here in service of you, so that's what I got. He's an earnest coach. He's an earnest coach? Can you define (laughs) earnest for me?
2: Resulting from or showing sincere and intense conviction. Mm. Well, yeah,
1: I'm saying this in earnest. Okay. No, yeah, right? I, I said all that in earnest. That it's conviction. not. I guess in conviction. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. It's not that I'm just promoting Taylor because he's my best friend and I want to see him succeed, which is also true. But, you know, he's really helped me. So, bada bing, bada boom. Taylor, final words. What is there something people can take away? Maybe where can people start if they want to start on their own right now?
0: Uh, just do something. Do anything, absolutely anything today that is going to get you a little closer to your goal take some action. And uh, honestly, I just want to help you because uh, I once didn't believe I could do what I love and make good money. And then I realized it's all possible. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. So if you're not sure, if you're hesitant, send me a message. I just want to help you. I'll get you started. If you don't think you're ready for a call, that's cool. Uh, I, I just am here to help you.
1: If Taylor seems scary to you, which I totally understand, he's so scary. Is it the, the muscles? It's the muscles. Yeah. It's, the, it's the beautiful 5 o'clock shadow. Uh, you can message me too, and I bet he'd direct you to some of his previous clients. You can talk to them. I'm sure they'd be happy to tell you how incredible he is. So it's not just coming from me all the time. But uh, Taylor, thanks so much. Thanks for uh, walking us through this. Uh, this is beautiful. A lot of great things here. Again, this stuff has changed my life, so I'm so happy people were to, able to hear about it. Thank you, Matt. All right. Until next time. Peace.